You are listening to As a Woman, episode 43, Self-Care. In this episode, I'm talking all about how you take care of yourself. I'm diving into the fact that self-care is not selfish and it is okay to prioritize some of your own needs. But step one is knowing what it is that you need. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition, while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to As a Woman. In this episode, we're diving all into self-care. And I know that that's trendy right now to talk about taking care of yourself. And there is a reason. Self-care is the opposite of burnout. It is actually the strongest tool you have to not become burnt out, to not become overly stressed, depressed, anxious, on the wrong path. Because self-care is more than just getting manis and petties. It is really about being in tune with who you are and what you need and making sure that you are setting up a life that aligns with that. And part of that is taking time for you. And I will be really honest, as a woman, as a woman in medicine, somebody who had a big dream and was working really hard on it, you guys know I've been really bad at this in the past. For years and years and years, I have focused on the big goal in front of me, and I've let everything else fall to the side, including me and my own health and my own needs, definitely all the time. I'd get my blinders on. I just got to study for this board exam. I just got to take care of these patients or do this job or get into medical school or take care of the kids or once they're one, whatever it is, I get so focused on these other big things that are very important that the first thing to go is me. And I really think that that is like building a house with no foundation. If you lose who you are, what you stand for, what you need, you lose it all. You're not going to be as good in any of those arenas. But the very hardest thing is that it takes time to take care of yourself. It takes time. You can't have a clear idea of what your goals are, who you are, what you want to do if you are running from a bear constantly. If you are go, 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 and you have no time to think, no time to reflect, no place to put the energy of life into, you will become overwhelmed, I promise you. So the first thing is that you have got to carve out time for you. And I am sorry, not sorry, if I sound like a broken record here. It is okay to take time for you or to prioritize yourself. And I know you're busy and you have no time, but you can do it. I promise. But I truly believe that none of us are the same. And so what works for me may not work for you. And you have got to figure out what works for you. And I also believe that taking care of ourselves is multifaceted. It is one, taking time to get to know yourself. Two, taking time to do things that make you you and be you, and represent who you are, and be authentic. And three, take care of your body. Because your body is your only body. This is your only life. And your health is fleeting if you don't take care of it. So I think that that sometimes is the first thing to go if we're a career woman. 
well, maybe I can still make choices in line with myself and I can still be authentic, but I'm not going to take care of my body. I'm going to eat the donuts that are here on L&D. I'm not going to work out because I need to sleep instead. Your body and your health, that's the first thing to go in my mind or in my own experience. So for me, that's the first thing to go. And I have two different pathways of being really stressed that I've recognized. One is mild stress. Mild stress is like your chronic stress. And I'm a really big emotional eater. Food is comforting. So if I'm a little bit stressed out and somebody brings food, I'm going to want to eat it. I know that's terrible. I can't believe I'm admitting it to thousands of you, but that's the truth. That's how I've been for years, ever since I was younger. And I really think this is how society programs a lot of us because we use food to celebrate, to go on dates or big outings or for birthdays, and food becomes associated with positive feelings. So if we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, I will gravitate towards food to feel better. When I'm super stressed, like the extreme stress moments of my life, I can't eat any food at all. And then it's like the exact opposite. I just feel nauseous all the time. I'm so anxious. I can't sleep. I can't eat. None of these are healthy. And these are both really damaging to your body. And I've been reflecting a lot about this, trying to figure out how I can cope with stressful moments and not get lost in these old patterns. And I really think it is all about mindset. It is all about mindset, meaning food isn't what should be comforting to us, even if we're raised that way, even if that's a subconscious thread and theme throughout our entire society. Comfort should come from other places. And it's not alcohol. That should not be where comfort comes from either. I think our society has amplified this idea of a working mom or a mom in general. I had such a hard day. I need a glass of wine. And not that I have anything against wine. I like wine. But I do think it shouldn't be a comfort mechanism. It should be an occasion mechanism or something else, something you're doing with friends. Not a every day is hard, so I need wine every day. That's not a good way to live and that's not good for your body. So how do we disconnect these? I'm asking you, this is a really challenging question. And I really hope if you're listening to this, that your struggles are different than mine. But for me, it has taken a long time to view food as fuel for my body, the nutrients that I need, not something to comfort me, but something that is there to lay the foundation of my house. And when I get stressed, I need to turn towards other things like exercise or a book or a bath or talking to Jason. I'm not saying I'm perfect, man. I still love to eat food when I get really stressed. But I'm trying to check myself and say, hey, where can I put this energy into a healthier place? Because does eating a bowl of popcorn really make me feel better? Or what about 20 minutes on the Peloton? That is actually getting energy out, producing endorphins, working through some of the stress and clearing my mind. And for everybody, it's not the same. So if you get really stressed, you may buy things. That was my best friend in college. She would buy things like crazy. And I like to shop too. I like to buy things. But understanding when we are making decisions out of a stressful environment, it's very much like decisions that we make out of fear. They are not in line with who we really are or what we stand for or who we want to be. 
So trying to have, number one, good coping mechanisms for highly stressful times of your life or for the day-to-day stress, that is essential. That is essential no matter what. I cannot tell you how many patients I see, how many women, how many couples sit across from me and when I ask them how stressful their life is, almost everybody feels like it's super, super stressful. And I agree with them. I My job can be really stressful too. But living at that place chronically is not good for you. And you have to figure out what works for you that is a healthy mechanism to cope with the normal stress of life today in order to take care of yourself. And it is probably not eating food or buying things or drinking alcohol or smoking or things like that. What are good options? Exercise, maybe cooking food or meal prepping, maybe playing with your kids, talking to a spouse, going to therapy, doing acupuncture, reading, journaling, meditating. Those are all better ways. So here's my advice. So here he goes. Number one, your life is stressful. It is going to be. I don't care what your job is. Your life is going to have some baseline stress and there will be moments that are worse than others. So it is a really dumb plan to just wait until you're at high stress to try to figure out how to cope with it because you're already behind the game. So incorporating stress-reducing mechanisms into your everyday life, that's the way to win. That is how you can deal with the stressful moments because you've already incorporated some of these things into your day-to-day because you get up 10 minutes earlier to have coffee and journal, or maybe you go for a run after work. Maybe you're obsessed with the Peloton like I am now. Maybe you cook food for your family and you batch it. Maybe you read books for pleasure and not for work. Maybe you have a standing appointment with a massage therapist or an acupuncturist. Maybe you go see a therapist on a regular basis just to cope with the normal stuff. So when the bad stuff happens, you have a person. These are the things you've got to figure out what works for you and prioritize it every day in all the seasons of your life. And I can tell you what works for me, but I can't tell you what works for you. But you deserve to figure out what works for you. So that's number one. Life is stressful. You need a healthy way to cope with that stress. And girl, you gotta let it go. You gotta let go of all the bad things. All the things that are bringing you down. The relationships, the stress eating, the alcohol, the smoking, the gossiping. You gotta let it go. I'm done with it. Be Elsa. Let it go. It's my favorite meme to send to people. Just let it go. Those feelings, those behaviors, they do not serve you anymore. You are done with them. You are a healthier person who prioritizes herself and can figure this out. I think the second biggest aspect of self-care is understanding that you can't do it all and you need to simplify your life. Trust me, I realize the irony. I just told you to add in time for yourself and now I'm telling you to take out things. The truth is, you know what's important to you. Or maybe you don't, but you have some idea what's important to you. But if we are saying yes to everything else, remember what I've said before, every yes is a no. Every yes that you give to something is a no to something else. So if you take that research project on, are you still going to have time to work out? 
if you volunteer for that position, are you still going to have time to make dinner? If you do this, can you do that? The truth is you cannot do it all. I can't do it all. You can't do it all. So you need to be very selective in the things you say yes to. There will be amazing, great opportunities in your life, and you're going to say yes to them. And maybe they'll be at a very busy season, and you've got to restructure some other things, and you will figure it out. But if you overload your plate with lots of yeses for things that are of small or medium or no importance to you, how are you going to fit in the big things? How are you going to fit in the things that are really in line with your passions and what you want to do? And so part of simplifying is saying no, saying, I love that opportunity, but I can't do it. What about so-and-so? And that is okay. The other part of simplifying is doing some things the same and not overthinking it, making it simple so that it can be achieved. For example, we cook vegan at home. You guys know that. And there are times we do the same recipes all the time, like Tuesdays or tacos, and we do not overthink it. We have different options that go in them. There's always cut up avocados and tomatoes. And there could be black beans, cauliflower, butternut squash, mushrooms, whatever we want. It's simple though. Tuesdays are tacos. We don't have to go have a debate. Should we go to dinner? What should we cook? It's not a fancy recipe. It doesn't take forever. It is what it is. It is simple. The same thing applies to my kids' birthdays. So if you follow me on Instagram and you've seen any of my kids' birthdays, we kind of do it up big, which overwhelms a lot of people. But the truth is, I just have to get it done because I don't have to make any decisions. I know exactly what the birthday is. I'm ordering you a balloon number and the color of your choice for how many years old you are. We are getting a bouncy house. I'm opening up your birthday box. So each of my kids has a birthday box and in it are their birthday decorations. So Campbell's are red and pink and Rhett's are colors of blue. And those are their birthday decorations. I hang them up. They go back in the box. They have a banner with their name on it. Happy birthday, Campbell. Happy birthday, Rhett. In the box, in the attic, out of the box the next year. They get, seriously, that's the party. It's like a party in a box. A bouncy house comes, balloon number, their birthday box decorations. I go to H-E-B or Randall's and buy a bunch of fresh flowers, put them all over the house, and we order the same food. Cupcakes, fruit, breakfast tacos. Really, we are not overthinking it. And we serve bourbon punch and champagne and beers and wine, and it's a party, and people come. And that is it. It is not creating a new party every year. We actually have zero discussion about what we're going to do. We pick a date. And we assign the tasks. Jason, do these things. I will do these things. Poof, party. It's simple, even though it looks really elaborate. We didn't create any of that. We are using the same thing every time. Same thing goes for holidays for us. So let's talk about holidays. I love them. If you haven't figured it out, I love the holidays. So part of simplifying my life to take care of myself is letting me enjoy the holidays. So for Christmas, we do the same thing, and I think that traditions are nice and easy. On Christmas Eve, we go to church, and we go eat Chinese food at a restaurant in town that's always packed with Jason's parents, and then we sprinkle reindeer food, and the kids go to bed. And Christmas morning, we have cinnamon rolls, and they open presents, 
and Christmas dinner is always Christmas spaghetti. Christmas spaghetti is a spaghetti casserole recipe. My grandmother used to make it from scratch, but I'm more the semi-homemade kind of girl. So I make the sauce with a combination of, here you go, you can write it down. So we use a tray, so like a normal spaghetti tray. It is a 16-ounce package of spaghetti noodles. We then put in for the sauce, saute one onion, not a purple onion, but a white onion. Chop it up and saute it. Add to it one jar of spaghetti sauce, your preference. I'm a big fan of Rouse. I then use two jars of diced tomatoes or two cans of diced tomatoes. Put those in. A little bit of salt, a little bit of sugar. Stir it all together over the burner. Noodles are done. I add them to the pot and stir it all together. All goes in a casserole dish covered with foil in the fridge. And the longer you let it soak, the noodles soak up the sauce and it's so delicious. But poof. That's Christmas spaghetti, so I can make that a day or two early. It goes on the fridge. Christmas dinner, here is Christmas spaghetti. It goes right in the oven, and I'm not cooking on Christmas. I'm playing and having fun, and dinner is ready. So that's simple, and I'm taking care of myself because I know me, and I love the holidays, and I don't want to be in the kitchen the whole holiday. I want to be playing and celebrating and spending time with my family. And a last little thing about Christmas spaghetti, we make the same spaghetti at the lake and we call it lake spaghetti or at the beach and we call it beach spaghetti. Same premise. You make it ahead, refrigerate it, and you cook it. And it's one of my kids' favorite things. But it's simple, right? So I don't have to create a fancy Christmas dinner. That is what we have. The kids know it and they love it. So point number two of self-care is simplify your life, which is a combination of saying no to things that you need to say no to, to make space for all the good things. You can't be at full capacity all the time. And number two, the second part of that, is simplify your traditions. Make some things so you don't have to think about it. Weekly meals on the week or what you do for holidays or what you do for birthdays or what you give other kids for their birthdays. Make it so these things don't stress you out. You already know what you're doing. Okay, so my take of self-care includes one, having good coping mechanisms for stress because we all have it and breaking up with our bad things that don't serve us. Number two, simplifying our life by saying no to things so we can open up space for the good things, and by simplifying making traditions or doing the same thing on certain times so we don't have to worry about it. And number three, taking care of your body. Yep, taking care of your body can actually be in part of the other ones too. For example, taking care of your body includes exercise, so maybe that is a way you reduce stress. Or taking care of your body includes eating good for you food as fuel, so maybe that is part of how you're simplifying things because you're going to meal prep on Sunday or always order your groceries from Instacart or go to H-E-B on Saturday or I don't care. You're going to meal prep. You're going to eat tacos on Tuesday with me and share your pictures of them. The point is... Taking care of your body should not be the very last thing. Taking care of you is taking care of both your mental health and your physical health. So when I say take care of your body, I'm talking about both. But let's talk about your physical health first. You have one body. It does not last forever. We all die. This is your one life. Don't waste your own time. Do not. I don't care what your weight is. This is not about being pretty 
or being thin or being attractive. It is not about losing weight or any of those things. It is about how you move. How does your heart work? How are your organs functioning? Can you chase after your kids? Can you live a long, healthy life? Can you reduce your risk of getting a chronic disease or cancer? Can you set yourself up to enjoy your life the best? And I think that includes exercise, eating right, and avoiding toxins when possible. That's what it means to take care of your body, guys. So exercise, do what you want. I don't really care. Walk, run, ride a bike, do yoga. I don't think there's one better for other. It is whatever is going to motivate you to do it and to put it on your calendar and do it. It doesn't have to be every day. Maybe it's three times a week. Maybe it is every day. I'm an everyday girl because I'm a really good when I'm consistent. If it becomes ingrained in my habits, I can just keep on doing it. But if I kind of stop or have a day off, then what's two days and what's three? So I know for me, I'm an everyday girl and I feel better when I exercise. It is how I part one, get rid of stress and part three, take care of my body. But I know myself. So I exercise in the morning and that's me. That's not you, but that's when I need to carve out time. That's when my kids sleep. That's before I'm thinking about my patients. That's when I can get up and do it. And the best part is I start my day already accomplishing it, not worrying about when it's going to happen or getting to it on time. So I'm a huge fan. So I'll advocate for that because what I do is I get up and I work out and then I get my coffee And I usually sit in a chair for about 10 minutes and process some things. Maybe I make some to-do lists. I don't check Instagram on my phone. But I usually get my phone out and make a list of a couple things I want to do that day. Then I get in the shower and get ready and help the kids get ready and leave for work. And Jason takes the kids and all the things start happening. And part of taking care of your body is eating good food. I don't care if you're whole food plant-based like me. I certainly am going to talk to you about why I think it's the best way to be. You've heard me say it before. I really think that it is the best way to live for our body and our environment, but that's my belief. But the truth is we all know what foods are good and bad for us. Eating healthy foods does not have to be hard. It can be very simple. It doesn't have to be elaborate. You just have to start doing it. Ordering better things on the menu, taking the time to cook simple meals. I'm also thinking of making a simple recipe guide for vegan meals So if you listen to this and you would want that, you need to message me and let me know. Give me some motivation. But back to it, we know it's bad. Sugar is bad. Processed foods are bad. It doesn't mean you can never have a cupcake. It's my son's birthday. I'm going to eat a cupcake. It's Christmas. I'm going to eat a cinnamon roll. I mean, eat the things you want to eat on holidays and special occasions, but you do not need a cupcake every day. The cupcake really will not make you feel better if you're stressed. So eat day-to-day Food as fuel, good for you things, the things the earth makes for you. Leafy greens, all the amazing fruits and vegetables. Expand your horizons and nourish your body. And take care of your mental health. This is essential. It sounds really cliche to just say take care of your mental health and that's part of self-care. But really what it means is that in the busyness of life, you got to take time for you. And taking time for you isn't always doing. Sometimes you really do need quiet space to be in touch and to think big. All of the really big thinkers in the world, 
the big creators, the big doers, they all have time periods where they are not doing in order to create or in order to come up with ideas or in order to process what they want. I think even Bill Gates has always said he's always had like a week off of doing anything at Microsoft where he would go and isolate himself and just have a think tank week. Those moments are super important. You don't have to do it in that big elaborate style, but by disconnecting from other things, taking even a few moments a day or an hour a week to go to a coffee shop and journal or write or come to what it is you're trying to do with this life. Maybe you need to spend time reading books and that's where your brain process is the best. Maybe it is writing. Maybe it is just sitting there and observing the world around you. But you need to take time to make sure you know who you are because being in touch with yourself is the best thing you can do to live the most authentic life. If you are so busy serving everybody else, you are going to suffer and life is too short to suffer. You need to be able to prioritize your life and you can't prioritize your life if you don't know what you need and you don't know what's important to you. Because when you have no time to think and no time to work out and you're eating terrible food and you're saying yes to everything, you are saying no to yourself. So my big plea for you guys in this episode is to try to not be like who I was years ago and still am at times today, but try to be more like where I'm trying to be. Understand that you can take better care of people if you take care of yourself. You can do bigger things and accomplish bigger dreams by protecting yourself and knowing who you are and what you want and what you need and saying no to something so you can open up the door. By simplifying your life, you expand it. And at the end of the day, I want you to take care of yourself because you are worth it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the As a Woman podcast. Love all of your support always. You can follow me on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD. Check out the blog, NatalieCrawfordMD.com. And I love every share, rate, review. Every time I see you guys post this on Instagram or send me a DM about it, I cannot tell you how much it warms my heart. So to all of you, the very biggest thanks. Thanks.